Welcome to Kids for a Quid, the football show presented by kids. Hello and welcome back to Kids for a Quid, the football podcast presented by kids. This is episode seven. My name is Ruben and I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. My name is Elliot and I'm slightly regretting being a Chelsea fan. (laughs) Um, my name's Chris, I am Elliot and Rue's dad, uh, I'm a Forest fan, and yeah, I feel you Elliot. Talk us through Potch Watch then, what, what what happened down at the bridge this week mate? So, we hit the bar, we hit the post, and we should have scored in that first half really, but then Brentford just come out with the second half with this renewed spark, if you like, mm-hmm. and um, Cross finds Ethan Pinnock at the back post and we're 1-0 down. And then Roberto Sanchez goes for a little walk <laughs> to uh, try and win the header from the corner. And then he doesn't win the header from the corner. And then Brentford suddenly break. Neil Mope looks to have squared it to Mbobo, but actually Mope didn't touch it. The goalkeeper accidentally uses his foot to pass it to Mbomo, who... <laughs> quite painfully puts it into the back of the net. Yeah, so, I mean, 97th minute, you've got to have a bit of a gamble there, haven't you? So you send your goalkeeper up knowing full well that that could happen. You get caught, and then there you go. So 2-0. So, yeah, shockingly, this is Chelsea's... Uh, how many how many home wins for Chelsea since February? Two. But I'm hoping we can ch- change that tonight in the Carabao Cup. Okay, so, yeah, so Chelsea, two wins at home against... A Brentford team who haven't been as electric as they were last season. They've had a bit of stuttering form, haven't they? They've won three, drawn three and lost three. So it's not the Brentford that people are expecting this season. But after Chelsea's heroics against uh, Arsenal, or throwing it away against Arsenal last week, would you would you expect them to go into this game today and absolutely, or last week and uh, beat Brentford? Well, we, have to, we had to really win it. Because if you look at our next five fixtures, Spurs, Manchester City... Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle. Uh, so, not many points coming out of that, you think? No, that's why I'm saying <clears throat> we virtually had to win that just to get some points. Okay, well, well, that that that's a, a tough week for Chelsea after what was a promising. They played well against Arsenal in patches, and then a disappointing result at home because they've lost uh, they've lost a fair few times at home to Brentford now, haven't they? Uh, I don't think. Since Brentford have been back in the Premier League, Chelsea have beaten them at home. No, I don't think so either. Rue, so talk to us about Cooper Watch. Steve Cooper and Forrest, what happened this week? Nothing. <laughs> Literally that, yeah, it, it was nothing. Nothing happened at all. Um, do you want to tell us more about that or is that just you're done with it? Let's just get on to game <laughs> 10. All right, so a 3-0 defeat away. Let's be honest though. Terrible. For, 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 yeah, but Forrest got promoted last season. Um, stayed up, did well to stay up. Um, are Forest really going to compete with the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal and Manchester City and Spurs? Are they they really and Liverpool? Are we really expecting Forest to turn these teams over and beat them? Well, not really. We've had four losses, four draws, and two wins. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, but again, look, looking at looking at some of the teams, so Forest have already played Arsenal. Uh, Manchester City, Chelsea. Liverpool, Chelsea, and Manchester United in some of those games. 
And then we think we've got Newcastle upcoming, Villa. Villa away, but but more looking at what's what's happened, you know, before that. So is is it reasonable to expect that Forest would go to Liverpool and win? No. No, it's not, is it? So it's it's three nil. It, it wasn't a great performance. Matt Turner had his Sanchez moment at the end and just went absolutely bonkers with a back pass that bounced over him and. I'm not too sure he'll be starting the next game, but it is what it is. So Diaz might be starting. <coughs> yeah, it might might get a a, a, a debut for uh, um. It's Odysseus. It's Forest versus Villa, okay. not Villa versus Forest. Okay, versus Forest. all right. So straight into your topic one of this week. Um, it was the Manchester derby. Boys, talk us talk us through what happened. Slightly small game up in Manchester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And few uh twenty five minutes in, her free kick floated in, and uh, there looks to be some holding back. The referee lets the game continue, and in the background there's a VAR check, and then they pull it back for a review. And then Paul Tierney, interestingly, the last time these two sides met, he was the referee in June in the FA Cup final. And uh, Haaland gets the chance to take Manchester City into the lead, which obviously he does. So do we do we think it was a penalty? Do we think it was the shirt no. pull was was worthy of a penalty? No, because because basically, um, I don't think shirt pulls inside the box should award it as a penalty okay. because when i look back at it i i thought it was only like a tug of a shirt like a pinch of a shirt and pulled rodri down but um i reckon paul tinney made the right decision to um go to the var monitor he gave it and then harland scored like elliot said and then Manchester United suddenly switched off. Okay, so we're not. We think it was the wrong decision or the right decision. Wrong. Wrong decision. Right decision. Okay. Because any sort of shirt pull in the box, even if it's a minimal tug, it's still stopping you get to the ball because it's restricting your. I know. How do you say this? No, yeah, I understand what you mean. I think it's been a thing in football for a long time that there's always been shirt pulling. They call it jostling. There's always been people pushing each other and trying to get past each other. And and I think because it's become such a part of the game for so long that some people feel a bit aggrieved that if they were to say, well, we're going to award every penalty every time someone pulls someone else's shirt or something like that, that's a lot of penalties to all of a sudden give out. I think given some of the things we see penalties not given for, I thought it was an incredibly soft penalty. And especially in a such a key game like Manchester Derby. But again, you know, City uh, made good from it. They scored. And then what happened next? And then another goal for Haaland as the ball is crossed in by... I can't remember who it was now, but the ball was crossed in by somebody. And Haaland, being the giant that he is in the air uses his forehead to uh, give Manchester City a 2-0 lead. 
Yeah, so again, another another well-worked goal for City and, and Haaland just being left alone at the back. We see Haaland score a lot of headed goals and it tends to come from when City will overload a team. Everybody goes to the front and then that leaves Haaland or, or, or someone else at the back post. And that's, that's City's kind of main tactic of how they play, to overload one side, create the chance and put it a ball across. So it's a really well-taken goal. And then uh, the third goal, um, Haaland not being selfish. Rue, who scored the third one? Phil Foden. Yeah, and it was a great cutback, wasn't it, from Haaland? He, he, he won the ball in the right place and you think, is he going to shoot? Is he going for the hat-trick? And he just lays it square across the goal and Foden just taps it in. So you remember last week we talked about um, FPL and someone was saying about maybe dropping Haaland in their team. Can you remember that, Elliot? Yeah, I, yeah, I can. And, um, Shall we? And he got a whopping, I think if he was captain... 23 points. No, I think he got 32 points this week, so... It would have been, yeah, everyone in the room's like, yes, because we've all got Haaland mm. as captain. But that was a, a whopping points haul for him, wasn't it? And you think, oh, if you'd have taken him out of your team and put in put in Chris Wood again, you, you'd have been in trouble, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, definitely. For me, Haaland got me 23 as my captain. He would have got you the same as everyone else, mate. I think he would have got you 32. He got me 23. Did he? He was my captain. Okay, well, may, well, maybe we'll do a we'll do a points check on that, but I'm I'm pretty sure it it was 32 um, across the board for Haaland. Um, so, what else happened in the Manchester derby apart apart from the, the City absolutely dominating United? Was there anything else in that game or anything else that came from that game that you think, oh, you know that that's a talking point? Does Eric Ten Hag need to be sacked, or does he need to be given time? Straight in there, Elliot. Straight, straight, straight for the jugular. Eric Ten Hag out. Mm. No, Rue. I just checked your fantasy team. You got your thirty-two, mate. Oh, I read it wrong. Yeah, you're good. Um, so I think he should get sacked because he's lost five, drawn none, and won five. Okay. So he's practically. <clears throat> Only got thirty points. Yeah, and and United are seven points off Champions League, which is a wee, a wee bit off the pace for the moment. Um, but who know who knows in the season? I think interestingly, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, Roy Keane, um, ex Manchester United captain, Forest captain, Republic of Ireland captain, um, uh, and just general amazingly funny <coughs> pundit. Um, and he was saying that he doesn't think Fernandez should be captain. Um, so we were saying yesterday is this a part of the issue at Manchester United where it's basically it's player power there's too many attitudes um, um, what do we think is going wrong at Manchester United for them not to be up in that top thing or do you, th- do you just think they're not good enough they've certainly got the quality but I don't think Eric Ten Hag's getting the best out of them if that makes sense okay so being radical and thinking if, if Ten Hag, who admittedly had a great time at Ajax, if Ten Hag can't get the best out of Manchester United, who do you think is going to come in and get the best out of Manchester United? Because it seems to be a problem that they keep having. Rue, who do you think would be a good new manager for Manchester United? Um, I don't really know that many managers. Okay. But I do know a good one who might um be a shout for United if there's any United fans out there that are listening to this I think you should get um 
I can't remember his name, <laughs> but um, I feel like we need he, some suspense music. Go on, carry on, carry on talking, Brie. We'll see if we can get some suspense he, music. Um, he's the Inter Milan manager, and I can't in, remember in, his name. Inzaghi. Inzaghi. Oh, you beat me to it. I couldn't find my drama music on my little my little thing down here. So um, I think drama. Halloween. <laughs> it should be Inzaghi. <laughs> or Roberto Di Matteis. Why? <laughs> Di Matteo. Yeah. Who, who's yeah? Okay. So I don't think Di Matteo has managed a team as he since Chelsea in 2012. And Porto. Probably the best years that he's ever had in management. But that's probably the only year he's had in management. <laughs> okay. Apologies to anyone who's just lost an eardrum there. Um, all right, so basically, Manchester United are struggling, um, struggling to find a bit of form. Um, it seems same old story. Team not quite gelling. Fingers are now getting pointed at the manager, um, but there doesn't seem to be a fix where someone go, "I'll get this guy in and he'll do the job." And it tends to be the way with with managers across the board, doesn't it? Um, we'll go and talk about the um, Premier League table. Um, in a second but the second game you guys wanted to chat to everyone about this week was Brighton versus Fulham Rue what's um, your thoughts um, great game uh, for a Brighton aspect but um, Bournemouth persevered they <laughs> Bournemouth <laughs> Fulham. <laughs> Fulham. persevered all the way through to get that goal to give them the point against Brighton, which we'll come on to the league table and talk about, like, okay. yeah, but which is really good for Fulham. I think Fulham have never beaten Brighton or got a point against Brighton. Oh, we'll have, to, we'll have to stat check that. I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea. So, uh, Fulham versus Brighton. Uh, Bright, yeah, Elliot, Brighton. Um, great goal from Evan Ferguson. Um, what, what did you make of that game? I just think it was a great show of character and the team. Since, you know, the, they had a little bit of a rocky start and but since then they seem to have uh, regrouped and I just think it was a real show of character to be the way that they were in like the last ten minutes, still one nil, mm. and then equalise it so late. Yeah, I think um, I think the worrying thing is, is Brighton started the season that were very very good. Now they're they're slipping down the table. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's still great seeing Brighton in seventh, um, but they haven't won in four games now. What, do we do we think this is the the start of a bit of a sticky patch for Brighton, or do you, or do you think it's just they've just the rubber the green's not quite gone their way and they'll get back on form soon? You know what? I think this is the end of a sticky patch. Okay, so let's move on to the Premier League table. So, um, you guys wanted to have a look at where teams are in the league now and whether you think they're going to finish in those positions. So, the bottom three: Sheffield United, Burnley, and Luton. Rue. Once you finish coughing, do you think um, do you think those three are going to get relegated? Uh, no, I reckon one different change to it. Okay. I reckon it's going to be Sheffield United bottom, mm-hmm. Burnley, and then in eighteenth, I think it's going to be 
the ball, the cherries. The cherries, you think, are going to go down. So you think Luton are going to escape it and Bournemouth are going to slip slip into that trap because Forest aren't looking pretty all of a sudden now. There was a nice, appreciate there's a four-point gap, but Forest are looking like we're in a bit of trouble again. What do you think of that? Well, I reckon Luton are just going to escape it. Bournemouth are going to be point behind Luton on last day and Luton are going to get the three points against whoever they're playing on last day of the season. Okay, all right. But what if it's City? Oh, I don't, you, you've said it now, Russo. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Elliot, what do you think to that bottom three? I think it'll stay the same. Yeah. I just can't see even Burnley. I can't see them. The way that they're going at the moment, I can't see them doing anything to get out of where they are. Mm. Oh, sorry, everybody. Ree's having a good old cough over there. Um, yeah, I think you're right, Ellie. Sheffield United, one point from ten games. It's the new Premier League record. Um, not in a good way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's looking like an uphill battle for those guys. Um, but, yeah, it, it, we're, we're, we're just over a quarter of the way through the season now. So, it, it's interesting how it's taking shape. So, if we move up to the top of the table... Um, and we've got, if we go fourth to third, fourth to first, we've got um, Liverpool in fourth, Man City third, Arsenal second, and Spurs top. Do you reckon it's going to stay like that, Elliot? Not if Spurs get like a massive injury and they don't rotate their squad enough. Well, they, well, they don't necessarily have to because they're out of the Carabao Cup. They don't have any European football. But could you imagine if like Madison and Son are both injured? What yeah. would they do then? But you could argue that with Man City, with Haaland and De Bruyne, couldn't you? You could argue it with Arsenal, with Odegaard and, you know, Gabriel Jesus stays, stays out longer. Um, Liverpool could lose Van Dijk and, and, Salah. and Salah. So all of those teams, any of those teams in the top four got that level of depth in squad that they could cope without one a miss of one of those big players. Probably Manchester City. It looks that way, doesn't it? What do you think, Rue? Well, yeah, um, I reckon the top four by the end of the season isn't going to st- stay with change. In fourth, Villa. In third... Checking his notes. Realising he can't find his notes. <laughs> Frantically making it up. In third, Arsenal, (laughs) and in second, City, and at top, Tottenham Hotspurs. So you think the only thing that's going to change is Villa and Liverpool are going to swap places? And City. I said City second. I I was a bit confused. Yeah, okay. All right, well, uh, yeah, I mean, Villa, wow, what season Villa are having so far. Unai Emery has got them playing absolutely majestically, and they're... They're travelling to the city ground on Sunday, which is I'm not really looking forward to that game at all. But um, Villa are in which out there above Newcastle, and yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, isn't it? For those those above um, Brighton, above yeah. like above 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 Manchester <laughs> United as well. Yeah. One of yeah above Chelsea. The, 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 it's, it's a really interesting season so far, Elliot. Um, can I just say, you know, you said Sheffield United record earlier. Mm-hmm. Spurs have set a new record in itself. Ange Postacoglu has made the best start to a Premier League career ever. And Spurs have more points than the Arsenal Invincibles did at this stage of the two, 2 
three, four season. Yeah, I know. I th- I think that my favourite thing about Spurs being in the table, uh, where they are in the table, is the fact that Ange Postacoglu just genuinely sounds like a really nice guy. I love listening to his um, pre-match conferences and press press uh, conferences, and I, I just love listening to him. I just think he's a really, really nice, chilled out guy who who doesn't take any rubbish from anyone. I quite like him. Also, he says mate in a lot of his press conferences. He certainly does, doesn't he? <laughs> All right, now, topic two. Topic two, boys, this is an interesting one, controversial. Um, you're asking the question, is Harry Kane too good for the Bundesliga? What do you think, Rue? Yes. He's cracking the Bundesliga apart. He's... Scored in every Bundesliga match he's played for Bayern this season. He scored from the halfway line last weekend against Darmstadt. We'll just go more in depth about that after we've had a little chat about is Harry Kane too good for the Bundesliga. Just Um, a little comment. Yep. Bayer Leverkusen flying in game week. Ten in the Bundesliga? Well, I've no idea what nine. game is over there. No. <laughs> nine. Nine, 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 nine. Game week, whatever nine is in Germany, then. Nine. 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 And game obviously, week nine. because they start a week bef- after the Premier League, because they have the DFB Super Cup the okay. week before it starts. Okay. So I think they're one week behind the Prem. Okay. So they're in. Game week, Neon. Neon? <laughs> neon? Neon. 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 All right, anyway. Nine. So, back to the plot. So, is Harry Kane too good for the Bundesliga, Elliot? Well, I'm I'm sure he'll uh, prove that on Saturday when uh, Bayern Munich go to their biggest rivals, Borussia Dortmund. Do you think he's going to prove that he's too good for the league on Sunday? Um, I'm just saying that because if he scores a hat trick, mm-hmm. let's just say he can um compete in the biggest pressured games. Okay. When some players just they find it too much pressure and they can't really deal with it. So you guys saying is he too good for the Bundesliga? What league would you have him in if he's too good for that then? Because in the Premier uh, League, he didn't win anything. So what um, what would you where, where would, would you go with it? I I would put him in either like the La Liga, the um Serie Liga. I'd put him like in the top top divisions. So are you saying then that La Liga, Liga and Serie A are better than Bundesliga? Well, um, yeah, I'm just saying that, but Harry Kane, like, needs to move, like, Juventus, Bayern Munich, I mean, Juventus, I mean, Juventus, Inter Milan, all of, like, those big clubs who are, like, really good, Harry Kane can, like, Harry Kane, where Harry Kane won't be too good for that league. He wasn't really too good for the Premier League, but he's... Getting better and better over years. Okay, so so, but we we think he would. What about you, Elliot? Where do you think where do you think he would go to? Because if he's if, too good for the the Bundesliga, what league are you putting him in where he's gonna basically meet his capabilities? A league just with Haaland. 
Right, okay. <laughs> For Harlem versus Kane League. Right. Okay. So, so if let, let, let's say, for example, Harry Kane obviously has scored a heck of a lot of goals in the Premier League, um, was, again, an absolute world-class player. He is a world-class player, there's no doubt about it. He was brilliant in the Premier League. Um, he's proving to be brilliant in the Bundesliga. Um, if he stayed in the Premier League but left Tottenham, where would you like to have seen him go? Um, I would have liked him to score seen him go to um, Man Man City Liverpool Manchester United Arsenal if we imagine we were just picking one of those because he can't play for four of them um, while you're having a think on that mate let, um, Elliot what do you, what do you think he, where do you think he he, he could have gone to and made a mark Manchester City or Newcastle because I'm not saying Pep Guardiola would but if he changed the formation Haaland and Kane up top would be absolutely lethal yeah. no one would be able to catch them it, it would be an interesting interesting lineup for sure but there, there's a couple of places that I mean I, I see uh, I think Kane at Spurs um, would have been interesting under um, Ange to see, Sp- um, to see uh, Kane play a bit of Ange ball Rue, you still with us? What are you thinking? Anyone? Um, I'm thinking a bit of Liverpool and City. I, I, I think him at Liverpool would be an interesting proposition, but I think the place where Kane would have gone, where he never, ever would have gone, but he would have got trophies, would have been Arsenal. And there's he lots of Spurs n- fans now hissing at you. <laughs> They're hissing at yeah, you, they are. But not I, I, us. He, I, I know he would have never... Uh, never made that change but Harry Kane at Arsenal wow what what a proposition that would have been and people saying Harry Kane at Manchester United as well nah nah <laughs> well he could have gone because in the summer there was a lot of talk about it so if you're Harry Kane and you've, you've basically pied off Manchester United and said no and you've gone to Munich and now you're getting grief from two kids in England um, saying well yeah it's because the Bundesliga is easy well, easy I don't really. Go, I was thinking about it today. I I don't really think he was too good going back on that actually. Oh right, okay. So I, you're, you're changing what you said. So uh, you don't think he's too good? I don't want to <laughs> criticise an England player. <laughs> it's okay to have an opinion. This is the whole. This is the good thing about the show. Is it's okay. To, to stand by your opinion. If you think he's too good for the Bundesliga, he's too good for the Bundesliga. That's your opinion. He's not, though. I, re- I realise something. He's not, because look at the level of teams around him. Look at Victor Boniface for leaving. Yeah, just, just as the referee, it's my job to ask these questions, Elliot. That's all, and just and just give you a a, a challenging uh, view to look at. I, I think the Bundesliga is a good league. I don't think it's as strong as the Premier League. I think it has maybe three or four, you know, I'd say it has, probably has one outstanding team and then three or four good teams. I think the Premier League now has six outstanding teams um, and I think then it has three or four in behind that that are really good. So I think if you dropped a load of the German teams into the Premier League, I don't think you'd be seeing many top half finishes. Um, Just a question. Do those six teams include Chelsea? Well, what do you think? If Tuchel came back, No, 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 yes. no, no. <laughs> Chelsea being 11th in the league, um, what do you think? Do you think Chelsea are one of the best teams in England at the moment? Unless... No, 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 no. Answer the question. <laughs> no! 
I I think Chelsea would Chelsea will probably be a top five Bundesliga team right now at a push. I would agree to differ. I think we'd be a top ten. <laughs> well, so they'd be worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on to your feature this week, boys. What have you got for your feature? Rue, what is it? The Ballon d'Or in France. So we picked three guesses. Yours was Messi's. Elliot was Messi's. Mine was Haaland. Okay. One of the persons won, and one of the persons came first. Okay, so... I mean, third even. <laughs> so where did... Or um second. Where did Haaland finish? Third. Second. And um and who won um Ballon d'Or this year, Rue? Messi. And how many times has he won it now? Eight years in a row. Eight <laughs> in oh, a row? Eight, eight times. He's won it eight times, yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Mm. And Haaland won the Gerd Muller Award for most goals. And Bellingham won the Copper Trophy. Copper Trophy yeah. for is that the young player? Yeah, the award. young player award. Yeah, what, what an award that is for him as well. What a fantastic achievement for Jude Bellingham. And it's brilliant to see an Englishman um, up there picking up a, a, such a renowned award like that. It's amazing. So do we think it was the right it was the right decision to give Messi the award this year? Well, I reckon no, because he's won it seven years in a row. He won it eight now. Not seven years in a row. He's won it seven times. And he won it for his eighth. Um, I think it was the right decision to give it from him, from all of those players out there. It was a right and a wrong decision. When I was heard Messi won it, I was like, was that good or was that bad? Because, like, Messi's a great player, um... Haaland's a great player, but Mbappe's a great player, but I reckon Haaland should have came second and Messi deserved to go top, yeah. even though I said no. <laughs> right, so you <laughs> talk yourself into it. Okay. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because Messi, everyone's saying, well, Messi plays in um, plays in America now. Yeah. But he did just win the World Cup. He mm. did win Ligue 1 with Paris. So he's had a good season. But then when you look at what Harling has, uh, uh, Haaland has <laughs> achieved, Erling Haaland has achieved this season... Premier League, Champions League. I mean, they, those are two pretty, pretty phenomenal goal. You know, most goals. Premier League Golden Boot. Yeah, I was just about to say the Premier League Golden Boot. Did he win the Golden Boot out of all of the leagues? He won the Gerd Muller Award. So, Elliot, do you think Erling Haaland is going to sit there and feel a little bit hard done by now? Yes and no. Okay. Because he's got his own reward. And I think if he builds on what he did last year, even though he achieved something, and Messi doesn't do as well, no respect to him, but I think he'll definitely win it if Messi goes off the pace. And if Jude Bellingham goes off the pace. No no disrespect to Jude Bellingham, but I think Haaland, unless something happens, he won't win it this year, but maybe the year after. Okay, well, yeah, it's... it's, uh... It's a trophy given to people at the pinnacle of their game, isn't it? So it's um that's the whole whole name of it. You've got to stay on your game for the whole season, and um and yeah, and keep keep um keep keep playing to the best of your ability. So if we look at um some of the other key um key places in there, Mary Earps, 
ranked fifth in the world. Um, Bree Samba ranked tenth in the world. Yeah, Rachel Daly ranked tenth in the world as well. Um, what what do we think about it being held on a international weekend for um, the women's game? Do we uh, think, think that was a bad move? Not fair. Yeah, not they fair. should have done it next week because Georgia Steinway was brilliant in the World Cup, and if she was there, um, she should have got it. Yeah. She should have won it, but it went to. Batoni. And to be fair, the absolutely amazing player as well. So you, you can't sort of you can't say that it's not it's not deserved. Just a bit disappointing that the women's uh, women's awards were at the same uh, weren't were held at the same time whilst they're on an international break. Because you'd like to think that they wouldn't be the it wouldn't be done the other way around if the men's game on an international break, would it? Yeah, it wouldn't be fair for the women's or the men's. Okay, so. That about wraps it up for this week, doesn't it? Now, we've got some exciting news. We were supposed to have a guest a couple of weeks ago um, coming on to the show, um, and they're going to be on next week. So you've got your first guest, um, and yes, that's exciting. So you're going to spend a bit of time prepping uh, questions for your guest. Um, anything? Any, sorry, carry on, Marie. I've, did you scrap the questions, for, or do you still have them on the phone? Oh, I don't know. Do we still have those questions? Looking over at the researcher over there, who's pointing at me, saying they're on your phone. So quite possibly, yes. If not, we'll blame the researcher. She hasn't got a microphone. Um, all right. So, is there anything else you guys want to say before the end of your show this week? Um, Big cough. <clears throat> Good luck to all of your teams in the Carabao Cup and this week and game week eleven coming up. Oh, that's nice, Ruth. And if anyone's a Chelsea fan. Please don't criticise anyone because it's not, Black it's not Rangers. anybody's fault. I think it's just it's a it's a new manager. I don't think it's personally gonna stay like this permanently. It's a new manager. He needs to get used to the Okay, so Elliot's message to all the Chelsea faithful out there is keep the faith. We'll keep going and it'll all come good in the end. And you've got a fellow Chelsea fan coming on next week on the show. So you'll be able to chat with them quite a lot. All right. Bye and come on, you Reds. Bye. We're going we're gonna to go to the last date of the Carabao Cup. Come on. You've been listening to Kids for a Quid, the football podcast for kids. <laughs>